may be the rancher's daughter now instead of the school teacher, but basically the same character. There have been too many Main Street shootouts that have been no more than a replay of the Virginian and Trampas. And much, much too often, Western novelists have gone back not to history, but to Owen Wister. It isn't always that they intended to. I suspect there are probably some Western writers today who never read the Virginian, but they've read and patterned after other Western writers who did. What's more, through the years, this trend has been fostered and encouraged by the publishers and by Hollywood. The West, as they envision it, often comes closer to the Virginian than it does to reality. They're most comfortable in this semi-mythical setting and don't like to be troubled by deviations from it. I've forgotten the writer's name, but <clears throat> there was one young fellow soon after World War II who became quite prolific, very popular for a while in the pulp magazines. Then he finally disappeared. What happened was he gave up. He wrote an article for a writer's magazine and complained about the rigid mold into which the Western had arbitrarily been frozen. He said the editors all want you to write something different, but keep it the same. To some degree, what he said in the late 1940s would still hold true today for some of the paperback publishers. However, most of them have loosened the mold somewhat from the pulp magazine days. In those days, the hero had to be what the name implies, a hero. He might be given to a little self-doubt, a little introspection, but never enough to hurt him. In the end, he always had to win out against overwhelming odds simply because he was the better man. The heroine was even under tighter restrictions. She was usually expected to be dependent upon the hero and never, never outdo him. In my first full-length novel, Hot Iron, back in the mid-1950s. I had the villain trap the hero and have him at his mercy defenseless. The heroine, in my version, picked up a pair of scissors and saved, him, saved the hero by running the villain through. The editor changed that. He let the heroine use the scissors all right, but not enough to kill the man, only just enough to provide a momentary distraction and allow the hero to grab his pistol and shoot him himself. <clears throat> in general, in those days, an editor would rather have a heroine faint than fight. <laughs> they have changed some today. The late Stephen Payne was a Colorado cowboy who started writing for pulp magazines back in the 1920s. He said the main function of a heroine in a Western was to be chased, C-H-A-S-E-D, and chased, <laughs> but to remain ever chaste, C-H-A-S-T-E. Fortunately, we do see publishers today willing to let women be strong and sometimes even dominate a story, as witnessed Judy Alter's book, Maddie. They'll even allow a lot of deviation from the old, strong, silent Anglo-Saxon hero. I've written two novels in which the lead characters were black, and one in which the principal character was a Mexican cowboy. They all got published. A few years ago, Doubleday had a series of westerns with the late John Reese, featuring as their main character a most improbable hero, a Jewish peddler called Sure Shot Shapiro. <laughs> they they were, got to be very popular. Back in the pulp magazine days, even the mailbox would have rejected that kind of a story. It would have thrown it back into your hands. <laughs> 
I know I had a lot of stories, not necessarily that type, but I had a lot of stories that I know beat me home from the post office <laughs> when I was trying to start. Most publishers, Western publishers today, like a story that's well grounded in history. They like authenticity, or at least the air of authenticity. Many editors don't really know a lot about the West, and some writers manage to put quite a bit over on them by making it sound right. But in the long run, I think readers have a tendency to weed out the ones that play fast and loose with reality, more so than they used to. I think one reason for the phenomenal success of Louis Lemur was that he at least gave his books a feel of authenticity. You might quarrel with him on details, you might quarrel with him on plot, but in the main his books painted at least a consistent picture of the West as he saw it. And he built a following that the rest of us can only envy. I think probably Louis L'Amour sold more Western books by himself than all the West rest of us in the field put together. Whether he was technically the best Western writer